Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. I'm ready to get it on with a bi-month sci-fi-con. Bi-months. That's too much. <laughs> Twice a month or every two months? Either. That's too much. <laughs> I don't need that much. I like cons every as much as... Every six months is good for a yeah, con. Yeah, exactly. I think twice a year. That's that's good. Uh, hi, guys. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpson Show. Uh, for only $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh, thank everyone who supports us. Also, you know, go on uh, Apple Podcasts or, or Stitcher Radio or Google Play Music or anywhere you listen to us. Uh, give us a good review. Subscribe. Tell your friends. We like that. On this week's episode, it is Mayored to the Mob, episode AABF05, originally aired December 20th, 1998, written by Ron Housh, directed by Swinton O. Scott III. Finished 24th in the ratings, an Nielsen rating of 8.6, approximately 8.5 million viewing households. It was the second highest rated show on Fox that week, following, woo Allie McBeal. Of course. Single female lawyer. Still holding strong. <sighs> oh, Lord. Uh, the chalkboard gag, the president did it. It's not an excuse. It's, it just, it, the things just circle back. That just is an evergreen. It just it circles back around. <laughs> Joke always works. It always, always does. Yeah, the, not an excuse, guys, especially now. Uh, the couch gag, uh, the Simpsons sit on the couch and are squished by hydraulic presses into a cube. Is it about my cube? <laughs> what a, oh, Lord. I, I can't wait to get to trivia. Let's put it that way. Oh, great. Thanks. Uh, episode guest stars Mo, uh, Mark Hamill as himself and Livell. Liv, Do they even say his name? I don't think so. Like, you see it on a sign. Like, you see Livell. But I don't know if anyone actually says his name, which that's a very strange name. It's the it's the bodyguard instructor. Uh, Joe Montana as Fat Tony and Dick Tufeld as the lost in space robot. I'm assuming that was the original guy who played the Lost in Space robot. It, it was. It was the original guy, Jonathan Harris. It, it, they, they, Jonathan Harris, who's the actor who portrayed, uh, uh, what's the guy's, uh, the Doctor, Doctor Doc, Smith. Doctor Smith. He is. They have just some regular. I think it's Hank Azaria doing his voice, but it's not. It's not actual him. It's not the actor. It is just Hank Azaria. Even though they got the actor to do the robot, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I'm just getting caught up in the small details. So the episode begins with uh, the family first watching Roger Corman's Titanic. <laughs> That's a, this is one of the best jokes in the episode. It's a thousand dollar, thousand dollar movie. Uh, it's a, a literally it costs a thousand dollars to make. I yeah, it's a Roger Roger it, Roger Corman's movie. It's a the afternoon thousand dollar movie. Uh, Marge is. Marge yells at the TV. That is exactly peak mom behavior there. While they're watching the movie, we get the advertisement for Buy Mon Sci-Fi Con uh, with appearances by Mark Hamill, Alf, and many, many more. Many, many more. And you get to see some robots wrestling, which I think that's you go to certain comic conventions, definitely can see uh, characters uh, actually professionally wrestle. Uh, it beats Homer's work. It beats Bart's school. So they go. My only complaint, but they go to the they go to the the convention. It doesn't say Buy Mine Sci-Fi Con on the outside. It just says Science Fiction Convention. Yeah, it's the generic sign because I mean there are so many science fiction conventions there that they just don't want to make a different sign for every one. I mean this one happens twice a month. There's got to be one at least once a week. I don't. I don't. Know. I don't like it. Uh, but we get to see that we. This is not our first time. At by Mun Sci-Fi Con, but it is, and they kind of make the same jokes every time we go to buy Mun Sci-Fi Con. That's fine. It's full of nerds. Uh, all the all the young boy nerds know Lisa. Lisa's not necessarily comfortable <laughs> with that. I totally understand that, Lisa. Uh, sorry. Yeah, it happens. That's I can all I do is apologize. Sorry, I'm sorry. I apologize. Sorry for, for our for, gender. For us, yeah. Um, no one wants to meet Neil Armstrong. Which, this is the part of the episode that I have the most problems with, because at a real science fiction convention, if an astronaut showed up, they would be mobbed. That's just the way it works. Especially Neil Armstrong. Like, right? this is not like Apollo 15, you know, the 45th person on the moon. This is Neil Armstrong, the first dude on the moon. Like, like people would line up with 
for Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. You gotta be careful because Buzz Aldrin, if you're a jerk, will punch you in the face. Neil Armstrong is a little nicer about that. I mean, he was. Rest in peace, Neil Armstrong. Was. Yeah. Um, we <laughs> we, we get the Lost in Space joke with uh, Doctor Smith. That you know, a, 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 a that show at that point was thirty years old. So thirty year old joke about how Doctor Smith was uh, always wanting to be alone with Will Robinson. There was that was not textual though. Okay, that was uh, that was all that was all added in by fans watching the show. Okay, Doctor Smith never the character <laughs> never wanted to do anything to Will Robinson. He was just kind of a sleazy guy in general. Um, you know, this is all kind of background stuff. We get to see comic book guy find a woman that is apparently attracted to him, and then push her away like you do. Come on, man. Come on, come on, comic book guy. Well, it's CBG, you finally found a woman who is interested in the same things as you and actually finds you attractive. You, you gotta, you can't, you got, you gotta clean yourself up. Um, but the big star of By Mind Sci-Fi Con is Mar- Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker himself. Uh, he is introduced by uh, Merrick Wimby. Welcome, futurists, cyberphiles, and the rest of you dateless wonders. And now to push this convention into hyperspace, the man who put the star in Star Wars, a real burr on the Darth Vader saddle, Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill! Hey, thanks everybody. You know, I'm here today as Luke Skywalker, but I'm also here to talk about Sprint. As you can see, you stand to save up to 17 cents a month over the more dependable providers. I talk about Star Wars! Yeah! He's trying to save you money on long distance! Star Wars, huh? Well, let me ask you this. How many of you have ever dreamed of being in that movie? Well, you're in luck. Because we're going to act out a scene, and I'll need a volunteer to play Obi-Wan. Kenobi? moment. I like hell it has. If anybody's gonna play Obi, it's me. All right, step away, you foolish amateurs. Just keep back. Keep out of it. The role is mine. With the acting and the groupies and the Luke, Luke, save me. With the lightsaber and the wing, wing, wing. That's not how you ring. That's not how you wing, all right. That's not how you wing. Uh, how, where, how, I mean, the Springfield mob, the, not the See, there's two mobs in this episode, Matt. There's the Italian mob, and then there's the Springfield mob. What do you mean the Sicilian mob? They're not Sicilian. They're Italian-American. That's true, but Sicilians are Italian-American. No, Sicilians are Italian. It's the same country. They're, they're not... Sicilians are from Italy. The Fat Tony is from America. He has ancestry from Italy. Good point. Fair enough. Very important. We get down to these fine details. But the, the Springfield mob rears its ugly head, as it does uh, often, and uh, he goes crazy over who who gets to be Obi-Wan Kenobi, which, if you're going to do a single scene with Luke Skywalker, wouldn't it be Luke and Darth Vader? You'd think so, but yeah, and Luke's not very smart about those kind of things. I'm, yeah, Luke, the character, is dumb as a rock. Uh <laughs> That is accurate. That is, it's accurate. I'm, I, that I'm just, re- I'm just reporting. Okay, I'm just the messenger here. We get a riot. Mayor's bodyguards are not doing their job. They're out cloud gazing because you know it's a beautiful day, and the mayor and Luke Mark Hamill are beset by a Springfield mom by a bunch of nerds. Homer saves them. Hamill, Mr. Mayor, come on. Who are you? Homer Simpson, nerdbuster, and I'm getting you out of here. I can't, Homer. <laughs> I twisted my ankle. You guys go on without me. Never! Follow me. How was I supposed to know it's not a real spaceship? Dad, over here! Oh my god, someone has to go back in for Maggie. Forget Maggie. She's gone. I've got Maggie. Wow, that was close. Well... Thanks a lot, Homer. Well, it's... Hey, I thought you twisted your ankle. Oh, yeah. Well, see, the thing about that is... (laughs) It's very good. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, this, is, he makes it with his mouth. He doesn't actually like. That's just. <sighs> it's that's good. Uh, Mark Mark Hamill is a uh, is a uh, very good. He's he has a lot of uh, comedic chops, which are very useful in The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, the bodyguards show up a little bit late, uh, and they are fired by Quimby because uh, they did not. They really weren't doing their job. They were pretty. That's it's pretty. That's pretty grievous. Honestly, they are just. Hang- Did you just say grievous? Grievous, 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 not grievous. Grievous. Moving on. <laughs> See, man, if I just say it wrong enough times, you get tired. That's true. I'm very exasperated with you at all times. Uh, they, but they do say like, well, who's gonna replace us? Who's gonna get their testicles wired up to a car battery for you? Uh, oh. Hopefully nobody. Uh, Homer gets and Homer is like totally excited for this, and he volunteers. Uh, That's when we go to commercial. And when we come back, uh, Homer has uh, going straight to bodyguard camp. He's not wasting any time with this for once, and um, it's a very special bodyguard camp. As a bodyguard, your only loyalty is to your protectee, not to your family, not to your country. Not to Muhammad. You've been doing Ramadan? Shut your sass, old boy. These melons represent your protectees. Throughout this course, you will protect your personal melon as if it was paying your salary. What? Yes, that was Homer eating the watermelon, for those of you who are curious, because that's how Homer do. He has eaten his protectee. So, yeah. That poor watermelon. that poor watermelon. I assume Homer is given another watermelon, hopefully. Uh, they're also labeled as famous celebrities at the time. Uh, the only one I can remember off the top of my head is Madonna, but the rest were, you know, equally celebrity, equal celebrities to Madonna. Uh, the next uh, thing for Homer to learn is to uh, take a bullet for the watermelon. Uh, so they have their own little grassy knoll, uh, which, uh, what's the guy's name again? Lavelle? Lavelle. Uh, is set up. Lavelle, yes. Uh, and it is the bodyguard's job to jump in front of it while screaming no uh and homer of course is first up for this he does a great job at the jump but he uh he doesn't get the no quite because the no gets him his next job apparently uh so uh at this point homer is sentenced to light exercise and therefore he screams out a real no uh which you know is just much, homer yelling no so i didn't capture this sorry much more compelling his much more compelling no. you know how much homer hates exercise so it's homer. Here, here's the names on the watermelons matt we have uh al gore madonna sting and landers and I, that's all we see well that's good see famous people totally famous yeah and landers is just as famous as madonna exactly everyone knows who Ann landers is yep al gore too i mean he invented the internet exactly just making sure <laughs> Everyone knew that. Uh, after another exercise that we don't get to see, uh, Lavelle tells him that no, none of them are fit to guard a Russian rock band, uh, which is terrifying, uh, because I would not want to guard a Russian rock band under any circumstances, because they're getting picked off left and right now uh, for, you know, disloyalty to the state. But maybe back in the 90s, it wasn't quite so bad. But luckily, everyone's checks have cleared, so they all get to graduate, no matter how poorly they did. And in addition, they get a song from Lavelle of The Bodyguard, uh, the Whitney Houston song, and it's um, it's that's not the name special. of the song. I'm not going to subject subject you to that. That's not the name of the song, Matt. It's not called. It's fine. Not... Whatever. I will always love you. Yes, there you go. Fine. <laughs> and he's actually doing the Dolly Parton version, not the Whitney Houston version. You know, obviously. I mean, they're close. <laughs> they're close enough to begin with. Uh, at this point, however, Homer is at home. He's decked out in his bodyguard gear. You know, the, the black suit, the earpiece. He is taking it way too seriously. Uh, he tackles Marge at one point uh, when something loud happens. Uh, and then when the kids start to annoy him, he gives him a Vulcan nerve pinch. And then does it to Marge when she objects. And then to himself, because dinner is in a half hour. How, who's going to make dinner when he has, you know, uh, sleeper hold, uh, sleeper pinched everyone in the house? Who knows? But, you know, I'm sure Homer didn't think of that because he never does. It's not. I don't. It has, be, I, it has become very clear in, in in this episode, which I don't think is a bad episode, but I feel like it does clearly illustrate the shift in season 10 in general away from. I, I think it's not necessarily totally away from more like uh, more away from wordplay and uh I don't know, more thoughtful humor to more of more slapstick and physical comedy. 
Yeah, because uh, this it's easier to write slapstick and physical comedy, and that puts all the work on the animators. <laughs> <laughs> Just one of my theories, anyway. Well, I I don't know if it, I, I it does I don't know how conscious any of it is, but it that this episode when you get like obviously the oh, there's a lot of episodes in this in this season that already have shown this and i feel like this just kind of because it's not demonstrably terrible like uh when you dish upon a star uh or i've already forgotten our our last episode uh uh, uh homer simpson and kidney trouble which also has a lot of physical comedy um this episode just demonstrates further that it that this is kind of what this is going to be it's going to be a lot of right. like homer diving in front of watermelons uh of him nerve pinching his family uh like it, and there's more as we go uh especially in the the final scenes but it's not necessarily bad i don't it's just a change these the the scully the scully years have a lot of lot more they have more physical comedy it's true because uh, i mean I, I I often wonder in seasons like this, were they trying to make The Simpsons more accessible now that obviously more people seem to be watching it? Uh, you know, it's it's not first in the ratings anymore, but it, it seems like a lot of people who wouldn't have watched it and gotten a lot of the jokes in the early seasons were now watching it in these, you know, ninth and tenth season. So they were trying to make it so that more people could enjoy it. I don't and I don't I, I don't think like that's a lot of a lot of I don't know. If you want to call them conspiracy theories about the latter years of the show, which I don't, I don't think they're that either. But they are like there's it's you know talked about fans talked about it a lot of time and like is it purposeful? Is like the change in the show after season nine or eight, eight and nine? Like is it? A, did they do that with purpose to try and appeal to more people, et cetera, et cetera? I don't think so. I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, yeah, we're going this very specific direction because we want to appeal to a more – a different audience. And most writers and, and artists don't really think like that. You know, like a lot of people throw that out there like, oh, yeah, they purposely made this to appeal to these people. And I don't – I think that that's kind of what uh, Scully liked. Like I think that's what that's the kind of humor. Possible, yeah. I think that's the kind of humor that he liked a lot. Like you listen to commentaries with him, it's not like he's like, yeah, we like it. It, it he's he sounds genuine, like that he likes the like. I'm not. I don't necessarily agree with him in most cases. Uh, not most, a lot of the cases about the episodes he helped make, but I think it went that direction because it was a different one than. It's not like other showrunners haven't taken the show in different directions, like subtly. And this is another yeah, yeah. another thing like that, you know. I don't. And again, it's not necessarily good or bad. It, it is how it's used. You know, there's plenty of physical comedy in The Simpsons prior to season ten, and there's a lot of it that's really great. Uh, it, it's just it is taking up a larger percentage of like the gags in in an episode. And I, I feel like the my biggest complaint about it is that it's sometimes too simplistic. You know, we talk about a lot about the Simpsons joke and that it is it is layered. It is. Here's a joke. Here's uh, something that subverts that joke. Here's another thing that subverts that subversion. Here, there, we return back to that original layer and then make a joke about it. And then the fifth joke is like a subversion of our return. And it's just like layer, 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 layer joke. And sometimes that physical comedy it is just, hey, isn't it funny that Homer fell down? And sometimes, yeah, it is. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, you kind of put something else a little more, com- a little more, su- a little more complexity in there. Eh, this is what it is. I don't the, I don't find the nerve pitch stuff very funny. Uh no, it, it just it's so basic and simplistic. It, it's just Homer being overzealous and this this bit actually takes a, a decent amount of time. It takes over a minute to just Homer nerve pinches people. It's, it's funny, I guess. I don't but, I there's plenty of people who do find it very funny. I am not one of them. Yeah. So, moving along to comedy that is more our speed, I believe. <laughs> uh Homer goes out with the mayor on his first day and uh, gets a crash course in how the mayor does business in Springfield. It's a real honor to be guarding your body, sir. Just remember, you represent the office of the mayor, so always comport yourself in a manner befitting. Quick, honk at that broad! Good work, Simpson. I couldn't be happier with the way that went. 
Hey, Homer, I told you not to come around here no more till you paid your tab, or at least cleaned up that mess you made in the bathroom. That you... Mayor Quimby? Homer, why didn't you say you was with the mayor? Shove off, puke holes! Get out of there! These stools are reserved for the mayor and his cronies. Here's a couple of duffin' brows. On the house, of course. Hmm. Semi-imported. Keep them coming. <sighs> Your generosity is greatly appreciated, especially during this health inspection season. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Health inspection. That reminds me. <laughs> Your change, sir. <clears throat> We're working on that roach situation, I swear to God. Yeah, you should see the hospital. I just wanted to get that last little bit at the end of Homer Walker, who has stuffed uh, the very expensive beers all through his clothing. <laughs> I mean, calling them very expensive might be a stretch, but okay, fine, fine. They're they're more than the regular Duff. Yeah, they're yeah. they're they're the they are the next step up. They probably the 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 Duffs are probably bud. But wiser yeah, prices and, and the Duff Duffenbrow is is a Heineken price. Probably, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, Which, they're all disgusting in their own way. Heinekens are. I mean, if we're talking about those particular beers, yes, they're not very good. Sure, let's just say that. <laughs> anyway, Homer goes home at the end of the day and basically tells the entire family uh, about his job, and all of them except, well, even Homer realizes that. People are bribing the mayor. That's what exactly is happening. And of course, the rest of the family seems to have a problem with this. But Homer says, oh, this is just how the world works. People bribe the mayor and the mayor makes the trains run on time, which that sounds familiar. Where have I heard that before? I'm sure it's not important. Uh, Lisa, of course, says that no is the Department, Federal Department of Transportation that makes the train run time and she gets nerve pinched again, which here is a little funnier than the previous time because now it's become a running gag. But still, meh, I think we could do better. <laughs> yeah that's i that's the one that i'm it kind of is like oh great it's i mean this episode is not like homer is not really a jerk in this uh but there's this specific moment we're just like why like what's the like i don't yeah nerve pinching your daughter hilarious <laughs> yeah so anyway at this point homer we see homer again with the mayor on his second round of things and they are visiting fat tony who apparently does business with the mayor on a regular basis. Thank you, Mayor Quimby, for honoring us with the school milk concession. Well, the good children of Springfield need their milk, and I need my... <coughs> Please accept this kickback as a token of our esteem. Thank you, Fat Tony. However, in the future, I would prefer a nondescript briefcase to the sack with a dollar sign on it. So, how'd you get the nickname Legs? Well, that's an interesting story. <laughs> it seems President Kennedy's father was... Ooh, mini cannoli! Hey, I called that! I saw it first! Come back here! Mmm, uh, milking room. I hope you cows are decent. <gasps> Crap on a crutch! <gasps> Milking rats! Milking rats! Rats, I'm outraged. You promised me dog or hire. Yep, because the children of Springfield need at least dog milk. Because that's a disgusting thing I never thought about until this episode. Uh, uh, yeah, the milking room is pretty gross. Rats, rat milk. It just doesn't seem efficient. Uh, I mean, rats don't need a lot to eat to survive, so there's that. But you're not getting a lot of milk out of a rat, probably. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Efficiency is probably low. I mean, imagine how long it takes to put those little uh, uh, milk pumpers on each little rat. I don't I don't want to imagine anything about the milk pumpers and the rats, Matt. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Neither do I. <laughs> is, that, is that better or worse than milk? Way worse. Okay. Way worse. What's in milk, Robbie? Um, milk is... Okay, imagine okay, think of milk, cow's milk. Uh-huh. Okay, so you take you take everything out of it and you extract it individually. Okay? So you have all the individual components of cow's milk, but they're broken down into their most essential elements. So you have like so fats, sugars, etc. Yeah, and powdered calcium, whatever. So then you 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 take that and you cut it by like to like maybe like 1% of its original purity. So you have like, you take 99% of the milk away from the milk 
say one percent of the milk left, and then you mix that with whatever liquid is cheapest at the moment that isn't water. You've thought about this. I have some free time. <laughs> I thought I was going to be paint thinner, but you know, your theory makes sense. I mean, it's like orange juice. It can be paint thinner at times. Ugh. <laughs> That's terrifying. Paint thinner mixed with 1% of of, of milk, basically. You yeah, call basically. That you know, it makes sense. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm sure the vitamin R is added later as well. Vitamin R is, that's just marketing. There's no actual vitamin R in there. Hmm. That's just a lie. And when you're making milk, you're not concerned about truth in advertising. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, it's like orange juice. Uh, the, the flavor you taste in store-bought orange juice is, is not actual orange juice flavor. It's just a chemical they use that uses kind of citrusy, which is sad. Where can I just get that so, chemical, Matt? I don't know because I feel like you can make your own orange juice pretty easily with that. But, you know, you can look it up. It's I some kind of Mix it with water. Chemical. Yeah, there you go. That's what tang is essentially. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, back to the Simpsons. Uh, Homer, at this point, is outraged. He runs to the school uh, to try and stop his kids from drinking the milk. Uh, unfortunately, Lisa has already drank some. Uh, I'm going to skip the crazy straw thing with Bart because it's a very visual gag. Uh, so he refuses to – Homer refuses to kiss Lisa because she already has drank the rat's milk. And then he takes Bart's milk and gives it to Milhouse because he does not care at all if Milhouse drinks rat's milk because that's the kind of father Homer is. His kids are important. No one else's are. I mean – Millhouse is not, I mean, I some other kid who cares. They're all the same, you know? That's true. All kids that are not yours are just generic kids. Yeah, they're kids. You know, he's that one, one kid. Exactly. The blue kid, blue-haired kid. Yeah. Looks like his dad. kid. Little weasel. And his mom. <laughs> Little dud. Terrifyingly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Poindexter, he looks <laughs> like you. Yes. Anyway, uh, Homer goes back to confront Quimby who is working on his treadmill and gives these, these oh, gangsters, they're so wacky. Excuse me. Water helps. Homer goes back to confront Quimby, who is working on his treadmill, and says, oh, those wacky gangsters, what are you going to do? Well, what Homer's going to do is accidentally hit a button on the treadmill and launch Mary Quimby out the window. With the window. Yes, out the window. The window. <laughs> out the window. Quimbo out the window. That was the uh, t- tabloid headline. Uh, that, that, exactly. That, the Springfield shopper headline the next day. Quimbo out the window. Uh, uh, body car, bodyguard wanted for murder. <laughs> you got serious there. Wow. Uh, but uh, that ends. That is the act. We go to commercial with Mayor Quimby flying out the window. Yeah. Uh, Homer is. When we come back, Homer is uh, first very worried that he murdered someone, which is good. I like remember last episode when Homer didn't have any real human emotion and this one he's actually like oh I might have <laughs> killed someone that's probably bad. Uh so he so Quimbo is not dead. Quimbo is doing just fine hanging onto a uh a, a little uh balcony, a little ledge. Uh Homer is going to pull him up but then realizes, "Hey, I got I got Quimbo here uh where right where I want him." Uh, and basically extorts him to blackmails him into like, hey, I'll, I'm going to drop you if you don't do what I say. It would not not necessarily the best means to do it, but he does convince uh, Quimbo because now I'm just going to use that for the rest of this episode to uh, confront Fat Tony to make him stop selling rat's milk in schools. Uh, and he agrees. They they set the rats free. They arrest Fat Tony, and everything works out just fine. Oh, wait, Fat Tony is angry. And so, as the rat's milk is returned to the sewers, the circle of life is complete. Uh, Fat Tony, do you have any comment? I don't get it. Everyone loves rats, but they don't want to drink the rat's milk. (laughs) Any words for the mayor? Hello, Mayor Quimby. I would like to remind you that accidents will happen. Like the killing of you by us. Aren't you scared, Dad? I mean, if I were Fat Tony, and God willing, someday I will be, I'd just be stewing in my jail cell getting madder and madder. Oh, don't worry about that, boy. He's already out on bail. Well, I'm off to work. You're guarding the mayor tonight? After Fat Tony swore revenge? It's my duty, Marge. Besides, those mobsters don't scare me. Bart, would you go start Daddy's car? Homer! What? There's nothing to worry about. Well, then you start it. All right, fine. I'll take a cab. Also, Homer wanting his own son to start the car in case there's explosives in it. Hey, that's why you got the remote start. That'll save your life. Not necessarily charming. So, 
Tony has sworn revenge. That also the image of the cats drinking the rat's milk dumped into the storm drains. Yeah. Ah. That's adorable. That's not the word I'd use. Oh, okay. Uh, gross. Mate, that's the first word that comes to mind. Also, yeah. somewhat cats, funny. Cats will drink anything with protein in it. You're not helping, Matt. That's not helpful. No. With Are your... you sure? It seems pretty helpful to me. <laughs> so, Homer is going to work for Rikumi. Rikumi uh, doesn't want to go outside, surprisingly. He wants to stay home with his wife. <laughs> Just so you know, guys, in the in the show notes, there is definitely the ellipses. And Homer's like, no, come on. You, you need to get your mind off things. You can go see uh, Guys and Dolls. And it'll get your mind off things. It's starring Mark Hamill. Uh, yeah, guys and dolls will get your mind off gangsters. Yeah, exactly. You forget all about those mobsters <laughs> with guys and dolls. Uh, so they go to the you performance. You watch the mobsters on stage. You forget about the mobsters in your life. Yeah, exactly. They go to the they go to guys and dolls. Uh, uh, let's see. The Flanderses are there. Uh, I I Matt has asked a question in our notes. Peter Marshall and Othello. I also don't understand what that reference. I like. I know what Othello is. I know who Peter Marshall is. I don't know why was he bad. I don't like. I don't know why that's a joke. Like I'm sure he he was a game show host, and he also I, I looked this up because I was trying to understand the joke. And apparently, he also did some musical theater. He was in Bye Bye Birdie and something else. So not the kind of person I would expect to do Shakespeare. So maybe that's the joke. But maybe. I don't know uh, Peter, because Peter, Mark Peter. Hamill has done serious acting. So yes, mm-hmm. I I don't know. Um. Unfortunately, Fat Tony is also at the play. Some, not, not helpful. He's just there for the pepper steak and the all the all gratin potatoes. That doesn't. Neither of those things sounds too palatable to me, honestly. But uh, we we see some of the performance. We see Homer trying to protect Miracle Me from those potatoes because perhaps they've been poisoned. Uh, and we also get Mark Hamill's performance in Guys and Dolls. Guys and dolls, we're just a bunch of crazy guys and dolls. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I want the mayor dead. I want his wife dead. I want his cat and his dog dead. Wait, 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 wait. Who is before the cat? <sighs> just kill the mayor. You're not mad at me, are you? Luke, be a Jedi tonight. Just be a Jedi tonight. Do it for Yoda while we serve our guests a soda. Uh, and do it for Chewie and the Ewoks. And all the other puppets. Luke, be a Jedi tonight. So, Mark's, uh, Mark, Mark Hamill as Nathan Detroit. Spot on, exactly how I remember Guys and Dolls. I've never seen Guys and Dolls, but this really makes you want to, because obviously if Mark Hamill can do it, you know, I need to see it. There's a lot of Yoda references in Guys and Dolls, uh, if you haven't, you guys don't know that or not. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. I. It's really weird, those Star Wars references. All the Star Wars references in this are weird, because this is in 1998, so the the prequels haven't even come out yet. No, they have. 97 was the first prequel. I thought they announced it in 97. That came out in 99. Uh, yeah. Let me check. Um, I don't... I, that I, does I, make sense, actually. You're right. You're right. See? I'm I'm a genius. Uh, I, I generally try mm-hmm. and forget the prequels uh, exist at all, but I... <laughs> don't some, we all? Some things are just in my mind. So, now we're like... After the prequels have come out, and now that there is the third wave of Star Wars movies, the, the, the Disney Star Wars movies have are out... And continue to come out until the end of time, until film doesn't exist anymore. It's weird with the, like, it, because the joke in all of this, all the jokes about Star Wars, it's like, oh yeah, this is an old thing, you know, from 20, you know, 2015 years prior. And, you know, the jokes about the, the, the science, the, the, the comic convention and like how, Luke is like this celebrity and he's like trying to sell people sprint and like, Oh yeah. Star Wars is this old thing, but it's not like star Wars is like, like right now is just as is as relevant as it's ever been probably more than it's ever been. So it's kind of like, it's a weird post 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 modern joke. Now when you're seeing Luke make jokes about how 
dated Yoda is in his portraying Nathan Detroit dressed as a Jedi in guys and dolls with a lightsaber with a lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. I think what they were really going for here was uh, look, Mark Hamill is is doing all this star Wars stuff. That's all anyone knows him for unless they were actually into, you know, entertainment at the time and realized, you know, what an amazing actor and especially voice actor Mark Hamill actually is uh, because for those of you who don't know, I can't imagine anyone who doesn't, but he does the voice of the Joker in the Batman animated series and several of the DC animated uh, movies. Uh, And he is absolutely amazing. Uh, but I, I think this episode's whole point is to say, hey, look, it's Mark Hamill, the guy you remember from Star Wars. Haha, isn't he funny? Uh, what's he doing today? Probably something Star Wars related. Well, and that's where they're shooting for. I mean, in 2018, that is true, technically. <laughs> he is well, definitely yeah. most well known for his most recent appearance in Star Wars. Um, but besides from that, Legs is trying to kill the mayor. He gets sent out on stage with a knife to, thro- I guess, throw it at the mayor, but instead he is wrangled into the show. He's dan- he's a good tap dancer. Legs is, I mean, his name is Legs. I, you know, maybe that was the ending of that story he was going to tell uh, Homer is, actually, yeah, I, I'm a good tap dancer. That's why they call me Legs. <laughs> That's why they call you Legs, yep. He's, it, you know, he starts off with this roundabout story about JFK, but is actually, it is just, you know, I'm a good tap dancer. But, he gets into a fight with Mark Hamill on stage because he's stealing the spotlight from him with his tap dancing because it's so amazing. It's so good. Uh, Mark Hamill's face is the one next to the pepper steak and don't you forget it. Don't you forget it. But he, 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 uh, he, he fends off Mark Hamill and then goes to kill the mayor. Homer gets in the way. Show's over, man. Give me that knife. Oh, it's mine. Homer, use the fork. The fork? The forks. Use the forks. Yes! Nobody messes with the mayor when Homer Simpson's on. Oh, crap. Oh, fat Tony. What? What did I do? What did I do? Well, I believe he beat the mayor with a baseball bat. And that's that's what he do. He, that's it is. It's nice to think that uh, Fat Tony is just you know a true innocent. Yeah, he just he just gives up. Oh, you caught me. Better stop now. Yes, I'm going to jail again. <laughs> uh, Comby's fine, right? I, I mean, I get beaten with baseball bats all the time. I'm never really seriously injured. Totally fine. Exactly. Totally fine. Uh, I mean, we all have that Homer Simpson syndrome. I guess Homer does it. So Homer has kind of failed his at his job. I mean, he it's he. There really should be more than one bodyguard, right? I well, think yeah, because you that's not fair. I mean, if you if a bodyguard is fighting one person, you generally have two to three bodyguards because that way, you know, one other person can get another per, you know another guy, and one person can still say stay with your protectee. I mean, there's a reason the Secret Service has you know a dozen guys or more on the president at any time, and lots of other government officials, even ex presidents, still have a Secret Service of like three to four guys. One person is very rarely enough unless, you know, you're an underworld kingpin and people are too scared to mess with you. And that's mostly – then it's for show. Matt has a lot of experience being an underworld kingpin. He's he's done it a lot in his life. So in his past life, that's I guess. True. That's this. That's I mean, what, if you've seen pictures of me, you know I am like one bald head away from being the kingpin. You know, me and Wilson Fisk, we're right there together. Which version, Matt? Are you doing the – Netflix television uh, kingpin, or you're more closer. He closer to the the six one six original. Probably the six one six, especially now that he's running for mayor of New York City, which I'll be doing this year. Obviously, you know, with my non residents in New York, they're they're doing that. that they're doing that again, huh? <laughs> Apparently, uh, I haven't read Daredevil in like seven issues, so I yeah, we'll see. I, I haven't read much Daredevil. Um, Quimby's fine. Homer's depressed. Mark Hamill's not because he's getting rave reviews about his performance in Nathan Detroit. He thinks he's doing great. Uh, he helps cheer up Homer though at the end, and Homer carries him off uh, to the to to more uh, the bodyguard, as Matt calls it. I checked with the doctor. He said Mayor Quimby's going to be fine, and I was electric as Nathan Detroit. What did you think of me? Well, I'd say you were luminous, magnetic, <sighs> incandescent. Oh, cheer up, Homer. I think you made a great bodyguard. Really? Would you say I was magnetic? Absolutely. Oh. Mr. Skywalker! <sighs> Homer, 
I think you know what to do. Shoot, I forgot my lightsaber. Oh, wait, here it is. <laughs> oh, here it is. Oh, here it is. Uh, and that's how the episode ends with uh, Homer carrying off Mark Hamill to, to the Whitney Houston version of I Will Always Love You. Yes. Um, I think this episode's fine. I do too. I, I was worried uh, the way you were talking about it, that you were going to come down on the, on the not great side. And I would say it's not a transcendent Simpsons episode, uh, but it's pretty good. And it, it actually does not overuse its guest star. I know we tend to have problems with guest stars playing themselves, uh, but this is not really Mark Hamill as himself. This is not Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger as himself. This is Mark Hamill as a caricature of himself, and he's really good at that. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I almost look at Mark Hamill in The Last Jedi as playing a caricature of Luke Skywalker. It's just, it makes me giggle. Like, every time I see Mark Hamill with that milk mustache from the weird creature on the, the hermit planet, I just... I just laugh and laugh and laugh. Spoilers, and this is that, spoilers, that, Matt. Come on. Spoilers for a four-month-old movie. Sorry, guys. I'm it's just, just that—that's who he is playing, and that's why I don't object to it that much. It, it's much better than usual. I don't. It. It, it is. I don't know. I, my biggest complaints are it's, it's kind of bland. It is kind of you know it, it has its moments, but it is not. Tr- you know, it it is just here's some like very silly gags. Uh, you know, Mark Hamill using doing a lot of Star Wars jokes. Um and it's a very zany Homer kind of episode. It is there the family is an afterthought. They're barely in it. Uh and that's where my complaints end. It's not like it's uh, it's not bad. It's fine. You know? It it is funny at times. There's some of it just I go, eh, whatever. But it, it it's after when you dish upon a star and uh, Homer Simpson and Kitty Troll, it's it's uh, it's very I don't know it's it's okay it's funny yeah I'm I'm not gonna it's not transcendent like Matt said it is it's all right it's all right it's better than neutral it's better it is better than neutral I'll give it that that, that... I do have strong feelings one way or the other mostly in the the the, the one way not so much the other what. <laughs> you know, I, I have no strong feelings one way or the other. I do have strong feelings. They're mostly in the one way, not so much the other. The one way is good. The, the other is bad. You're, that's get a it, good, get good, good joke, Matt. You're you're really it's good comedy writing there. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll punch it up for next. Time. Okay, good. Work on that one. Uh, we already drama jokes in there. Yeah, I know. I was gonna. I thought that's what you were going for the whole neutral planet thing, which I adored the neutral planet. Um. We will rank this episode at the end of the show. Uh, no submissions for my favorite episode. Uh, however, if you do have a favorite episode, send it in to SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com. Explaining why a certain episode is your favorite. Uh, when we get there, I'll uh, read it on air. Next up, Matt, it is time for our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I will comb through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group, see what people are talking about the week or two after an episode debuted. Um, most people like this one. Yeah, like we said, it's not great, it's not terrible, uh, which it, it seems to be pretty polarizing when an episode is like that. Uh, but this episode, you know, slightly on the good side, uh, I can't find too much objection about it. Did, did anybody have any big problems with it? I mean, there's, I, I think, one, it benefited from coming after uh, a kidney, kidney problem, which is uh, bad. And uh, this, so... This is very much more palatable comparatively. Uh, there were people complaining about it's all about Homer. It is all about Homer doing wacky things. It is all about Homer's, you know, it, it is Homer and a celebrity. And it's easy to like see the, I think it's easier to see nowadays the Mark Hamill playing a weird caricature of himself, not actually playing Mark Hamill. And, and I think he is better. And I think this is particularly very important in this episode comparing this to when you dish up on a star alec baldwin and kim basinger are not good at playing like portraying or at least their parts as written are not good at being caricatures of themselves this is much better at it and mark hamill is i think a better a more gifted voice actor he is able to carry that stuff off a little bit better than they are um but in 1998 i don't know if that's as clear 
No, no, that's, that's true. I mean, especially in 1998, we didn't have the internet and the ability to watch episodes over and over again like we do now. So us having watched these, you know, up, so close together, I feel like there weren't as many people that were able to do that back then. And that allowed th- that allows us to look at these two right next to each other and be like, wow, the Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger as written are just basically normal people. And that's not really funny. Like, why would you make a star into a normal person? Uh, and not give them any jokes or anything. Whereas Mark Hamill is given like he, they are just feeding him line throughout the entire episode, and he is chewing it up. It's great. I, I, I actually kind of feel bad for Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger because <laughs> they're not given anything. Um, I don't know if you really need to do that. Uh, the, that's that's a bit. It. It's not like there. It's not like there's. It's not that much. It's mostly like, hey, this is fine. This is good. I like it. It's that's mostly it. Um, there's uh, some other stuff they're talking. They talk about how. Uh, we see in this episode, uh, I didn't mention it explicitly, there is, Homer does give Quimby the kiss of death, but... Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Mafia kiss of death is on two cheeks. It's not just one. You know, you don't, you kiss... And not on the lips like Homer yeah, did. Yeah, exactly. You kiss them on both cheeks. That's how the, that's apparently. I don't, I don't actually know if that's true or not. That seems like people in the news group are very confident about that. They probably got it from the Godfather. Um, also, this is the debut of a reoccurring character, Matt. Really? Did you notice? The green character. Right. Here, I have a reminder for you. Yes. That is. This is his first. It's first appearance. Show of, of, of the of the yes really? guy. Yes, this is the first time he's appeared. Eber has a lot of episodes after this, but this is the first time he's appeared. So the the first ahead. time he appears, they explain why it happened. <laughs> Yes. yes the first time he appears right. the news group immediately goes oh it's that guy and it is uh it is a reference to uh a, a comedic actor uh from the like 50s 60s 70s uh frank nelson is his name and he kind of made this character this the yes guy was a reoccurring character that kind of crossed over in multiple television shows huh um it was he was in uh sanford and sons he was in um, uh, Jack Benny show. He was in a lot of sitcoms, and he was always this character. Uh, he would just and he would do this thing that they do in The Simpsons, where he would just and you if you search Frank Nelson, yes, on uh on Google or on YouTube, you will find multiple videos of him playing this very same character. Uh, and it's actually pretty funny. <laughs> he he usually plays like this very sarcastic uh like. Mater D or a uh, shop help or like uh, a cashier at a at some store, and he's always kind of sarcastic and annoying uh, to the to the to the cast of whatever show he's in. Uh, so I I I say you can go watch that if you're interested. Uh, but they were already he makes one appearance in The Simpsons. Uh, the news group is already all over it. Yes. Wow, I cannot believe it took ten seasons to get to that guy because he shows up a lot. He does. He uh, there's a lot of appearances later on. Um, that's about it though. Um, I think we move on to our next segment. Alrighty, alrighty. It is time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is: What is your doc favorite Doctor Hibbert quote? Uh, tons of great answers. Um. Thanks, guys. Impressed for... you guys, and then with the ones you found. He's a little. Hibbert appears a lot. He's 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 around he a does. lot. Um, first from Jean Pierre. Uh, we're gonna cut you open and ticker with your ticker. Uh, and that is a, a further extension of Brandon's answer uh, of the that exchange, which is Homer. I'm afraid you'll have to undergo a coronary coronary bypass operation. Say it in English, Doc. You're gonna need open heart surgery. Spare me your medical mumbo jumbo. We're going to cut you open and tinker with your ticker. Could you dumb it down a shade? <laughs> uh, yeah, Brandon. <laughs> Brandon says something about the fact that Homer doesn't doesn't get it always cracks me up. Uh, from Chris, it's not a quote, but I will never ever forget his face when he shows Hugo the mirror before punching him in the face. Priceless. The the frame. It's really good. Uh, not, not the only person to answer the, the a lot of Hugo quotes in here, which is because Hibbert does really great. There's a great he's a great part in that uh, Chaos of Horror segment. Uh, for Mike, another broccoli related death. One of the deadliest plants alive. It tries to warn you with its terrible taste. <laughs> oh, that's just wrong. I, I can't cotton to that. I I'm not I'm not saying I don't like broccoli, but I will say broccoli by itself doesn't taste great. 
Broccoli that's is true, but uh, when it comes to vegetables, it's it's one of the better ones. Broccoli is great for a, for dipping. It is the best. I think it is the best dipping vegetable. It's one of the best ways to get actual nutrients inside your body. You just cover it with a little salt and pepper and maybe some cheese. Boom. Ranch, get it ranch, tons of vitamin C and iron. Ranch, ranch dressing. Little, ranch dressing also good for that. I like my broccoli cooked. You know, the way it just melts in your mouth. Eh, it's fine. I I will eat my. I like the crunch. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, but it is a very versatile vegetable. It tastes it better than most vegetables. Very versatile. Uh, from Ivan, too crazy for Boys Town, too much of a boy for Crazy Town. Uh, from Daniel, oh, now you call that chocolate? Come on, child, force it. <laughs> uh, from Rob, the, this little boy broke his leg trying to fly like Superman. This boy's brother hit him in the head with a wrench, mimicking a recent TV wrestling match. I won't even subject you to the horrors of our Three Stooges ward. I've got, I've like, I've, 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 uh, I've gotten my, my, uh, my Hibbert. What's the word I'm looking for, Matt? I don't know. What are you trying to say? His speech pattern? His speech pattern, yeah. Uh, Sean, Sean's answer. I must, I must warn you, though, this procedure will cost you upwards of $30,000. Homer collapses. I'm afraid it's now (laughs) 40,000. Uh, Sarah, it never makes sense to anyone else, but whatever dignity comes up in conversation, I always say, worthy of Webster's in my best, worst Hibbert impression. Uh, uh, Rob's answer. You have 24 hours to live. 24 hours? Well, 22. Sorry I kept you waiting so long. <laughs> oh. Uh, Zach's answer. Well, only one in two million people has what we call the evil gene. Hitler had it, Walt Disney had it, and Freddie Quimby has it. <laughs> uh, from Aaron, calm down. Don't me put a, nope, make me put a dog heart in there. Uh, Nick's answer. Uh, a Ford urinating on a Chevrolet. Don't you usually laugh at everything? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Uh, from AJ, it had to be Tara Slit. Always love that dumb gag. Uh, Tom, for me, nothing beats Hibbert's explanation of Homer Simpson syndrome. Why, well, I could wallop you all day with this surgical 2 by 4 without ever knocking you down. But I have other appointments. <laughs> In the case you're, you're wondering, the surgical 2 by 4 is for curing amnesia. Of course, uh, I mean, from what else the, would you use it for? From the Simpsons, Simpsons tweets, uh, you have 24 hours to live. Well, 22. I'm sorry I kept you waiting so long. That A very popular answer. There's a couple of these that kept yeah. repeating. Uh, John at Jive John. Mr. Simpson, I'm afraid your husband is dead. April Fools, he's very much alive. Although I'm afraid he may never walk again. Oh, Not uh, April Fools that time. N- no. Ryan at EID9. Oh, heavens no. It had to be Tara Sweat. Uh, Sal, Salvador, <laughs> VR1. There, there. Here you go. I understand. All those ears caged up in here. Why? You've probably never even seen your own face. Then the, the punching, the mirrors, and the, the punch to the face, the punching. Andy at uh, semi Spaniard. I'm afraid that leg is gonna have to come off. Did I say leg? I meant that wet bathing suit. <laughs> the same. Uh, Lambo <laughs> cop at Lambo cop. Why well, I could walk you all day with a surgical two by four without ever knocking you down, but I have other appointments. It's always it's the latter half of that quote, and him double checking his watch always makes me laugh. Uh, Lauren at Elk that, that means he thought about it and he's like, man, I could do this. No, but, you know. appointments. Uh, Lauren at Elk 88. Fire and lots of it. Anytime my brother or I are sick, we recommend this Hibbert gem to each other as the cure for what ails you. <laughs> and finally, the professor at Yes, I Would Kent. Uh, you do have insurance, don't you? Yes. And the tube retreats back into the. <laughs> what was the tube for? It's, it's a pneumatic tube. It just deposits you outside the office. Mm-hmm. What's your answer, Matt? I gotta go with the uh, the evil gene. Only one in two million people, as we call the evil gene. Hitler had it, Walt Disney had it, and Freddie Quimby has it. Guess what, Matt? What's that? That's also my answer. No, oh, because it's the best one, obviously. I know. Us, us smart folks stick together, right? That's how it works. Uh, yep, totally. That's um, why we agree 20% of the time. <laughs> That's way we we agree way more than twenty percent of the time. We agree like I don't know. we agree like ninety seven percent of the time, Matt. You say so. I can like the name the number of episodes where we've like actually like thought wildly different things about them is like five out of like two hundred and ten now. Oh, I just meant the quotes. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, in general, our Simpsons opinions are relatively close to together. Um, That's true. N- next week's question: What is your favorite fat Tony quote? We're going to keep continue. Keep this train a rolling. Get me some side character quotes. Uh, I'll post this question on all our social media. Facebook.com slash The Simpsons Show Pod. On Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. And you can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Uh, appreciate everyone who takes the time to answer questions. We can move on, Matt, to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. 
I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge for Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. Uh, I still think this season's going to end with one of us drinking some lawnmowers, Matt. Oh, you're probably right. I don't know how many. We'll have to pregame with better alcohol. No, because if it's if it's more than like three or four lawnmowers, you don't want to be drinking anything else. That's true, that's but I, a lot I of just the one. That's a lot of vodka. Hoping. Yeah. Like I said, don't know how many yet. We'll see. Uh, mm. Are you ready for an easy question, Matt? These are all from two bad neighbors. Ooh, okay. Your easy question. What ex-president moves in across the street from the Simpsons? That would be George Herbert Walker Bush. You are correct. Oh, HW. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for your easy question, sir? Absolutely. All right. What inning did Homer get to work for the Capital City team in Dancing Homer? I think it's the seventh, but I don't you know. You are correct. Uh, okay. I don't want to call it an easy question. You know, the game is official after that, so, you know. Actually, be. no, that's the, – you. they've ended games prior to that and still made them official. Oh, well, I'm just going to go with the goof said. Okay. I think they've called games after like five innings and had, because the the two teams did not want to make him up, they just let it go. Tells you about how important each individual game is in baseball where they're like, eh, four yeah, innings. Right. Uh, we don't want to have to play less of those. We don't want to go back to Milwaukee. Uh, that game's fine. We lost whatever. Okay. Your medium question. <laughs> where does George Bush give a speech with his rainbow wig? I believe it is the Elks Club. Is that your final answer? Yes. You're correct. Okay, that's what I was like. I'm pretty sure he says Elks Club, but I, I never really like went through and looked at the text at that point. I'm assuming that is some kind of uh, social club. It's where old men go to eat spaghetti. All right, fair enough. And pancakes. Or I think yeah, eat probably. spaghetti and er- serve pancakes to other people. It's either pancakes or spaghetti. Those are the only two foods they serve at the Elks Club. It's a social club for for generally older people, but you don't have to be. You can be young and still join the Elks Club. Well, isn't that fun? There was right, a, there was You're an El- I lived two blocks away from an Elks Club at one point in Orlando. It had a neon oh, wow. sign. It was fancy. Ooh, fancy dancy. What's my medium question? All right, what are the names of the Germans in Burns Verkaufen der Kraftwerk? I don't know. Uh, there's I can't even picture more than one of them. Uh, I mean, I asked this question because they're the most stereotypical German names. Matt, I don't so I'm pretty sure you can get them if you just guess. I don't know if I can do that. Uh, they have... Well, I can't guess Uter, because Uter is already a name in The Simpsons. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, Hans and... There's three of them. I... I yes. Hans... Um, Werner and... Um... German names. Um, 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 Jim. I don't know, man. <laughs> okay, we're we're gonna cut this off now. Uh, <laughs> it is Hans, Fritz, and Horst. Horst? That's not yeah. a name. That's not a name. No one's named that. That's made up, Matt. I mean, you can look it up in Frankyak. I know it's a real name, Matt. I'm just. You're you're weird. That's not an even question. You're a crazy person. What item? Your hard question. What item does the rummage sale flyer forbid for sale? What item does the flyer forbid for sale? It says, "Please no blank." Oh oh um uh, okay. I knew this at one point. I can picture the flyer, and I just can't. Beanie babies, Parcheesi sets, Parcheesi sets. Wow, I was way off. Never mind. Just kidding. Pretend I didn't say that. Beanie Babies is honestly a better answer. It's funnier than Parcheesi sets, but... Yeah. The Simpsons have always been behind by a few years. Yeah, exactly. In terms of... Well, they can't help it. It takes a long time for the animation to... It's an incredible strain on the animator's wrist to try and do it live. (laughs) All right. Your hard question. Uh, In Homer the Smithers, uh, when Homer is giving Mr. Burns his uh, phone messages, what are they? And in the correct order. I mean, there's the stuff about the cube. I think there's like four messages of, about his car. You have... But th- those are the only messages, really, oh, are, are okay. about his car. Yeah. I'm looking for the the sequence. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, you, I, I, it is... Your car is parked illegally. Uh, 
you have one hour to move your car, you have five minutes to move your car, your car has been impounded and is now a cube, you have five minutes to move your cube or something along. That's my You're that's, you're actually you're you're really close. Um you have thirty minutes to move your car, you have ten minutes, your car has been impounded, your car has been crushed into a cube, and you have thirty minutes to move your cube. Is it about my cube? <laughs> Not this time, sorry. So I get three out of I get three points for that, Matt, right? Uh no. I get two points for that, Matt, right? No. I get one point for that, Matt, right? No. This is this is the problem, Matt. This is what happens because you're some merciless monster. We, That's true. I am a merciless monster. You you get these these games like this where I'm kind and give you a medium question that's achievable, and you give me a medium question that is a, a ridiculous uh, uh, sham that is a, makes a mockery of both this segment and this podcast. And then you get like, are you a, done being a sore loser yet? You get two point and no, I need another thirty seconds. You get like two points up on this one, and then two points up on this one, and then suddenly I'm down by eight points, and then I'm done. And it's over. There's just no coming back. I'm just there. You, that, thank you. I had my thirty seconds. I feel better now. I know. I just have to be more brutal. I, that's what. That's I guess the answer. It's just I have to be some merciless monster that even you can't even get the easy questions. Well, you've done that in the past. I don't. I think you've literally one episode where you've gotten zero points, Matt. I think. I mean, I think we. Do. It's been more than one. Mm. I will try not to make my medium questions actually in any way difficult. I mean, they they could be here. This is my ratio. I feel like you should. I feel like we should get the easy questions like ninety five percent of the time, and it's usually like ninety nine percent of the time. We should mm-hmm. get the medium questions like roughly fifty percent of the time, and we should probably get the hard questions like ten percent of the time. All right. Well, uh, looking at your track record, that's what I aim for. That's what I aim for. I just I I I underestimate you. That is that is my problem because you get and you, I overestimate you. That's just the way it works. I mean, yes, I, I can't emphasize enough, Matt. I am an idiot. You can't. <laughs> you got. You gotta. I am. I'm like Ralph. All right. I am. At least you're owning it. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I don't. The history history demonstrates quite clearly. It's not okay. We can move on to our final segment. It is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of, part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Uh, where does this one go, Matt? I'm thinking this is a good episode. It's, it's not a great episode. Uh, so I'm definitely looking, you know, lower than 100. Uh, well, sorry, higher than 100. Lower on, to lower on the lower list. Lower on the is, list is high is a yeah. higher number. It's okay. You can go lower on the right. list. Okay. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking. I don't know. Burns's air is pretty good. Uh, the Rodney Dangerfield stuff is is pretty close to where Mark Hamill goes. I don't think it's quite there. I don't think the episode hangs together quite as well. Uh, and this is just my opinion. Like I said, I, I don't think either of us as much into the slapstick as as some a lot of the people were who, who wrote these you know season ten episodes. Um, but this is our list. So we get to be that way. I would say uh, so this looking, episode is in my my parameter. I'm looking at 150s. That's exactly where I was looking, actually. I was looking a little higher than that. I think I was putting it in the 140s, but the 150s are pretty close. Um, speaking of Burns, Verkoff, and Der Kraftwerk, uh, that's 149. So I'm looking somewhere around, I don't know, would you say this is better or worse than the spinoff showcase? Hmm, probably worse. I, I think this the spinoff showcase does not has not aged terribly well, but... I would yeah. think this is better than that. I mean, that is better than this. I, I think it is a little, it has more charm in it and it has enough, it, it is going for something. It is unique. And this is kind of just like, it doesn't, it doesn't have like audacious goals or is like something special. It's just like, yeah, it's Mark Hamill and has mob, a mob story, um, which they've done at this point. It is this episode. Also, they've done multiple permutations of mob stories already. And it it's going to get weighed against those, and it's not nearly as good as Bart the Murderer or uh, yeah Marge's Marge the Marge Pretzel Wagon. Um, what's the name of the episode, the episode Matt? Um, oh, be uh, want to find it? Gonna find it. That was season six, I believe. 
Twisted World of Marge Simpson. Twisted World of Marge Simpson. I don't think it's good as that either. Um, well, I mean, that's not even close to where we are. Uh, I think yeah. it's it's not as good as some spinoff showcase. There's Old Money, Blood Feud, Home Alone, uh, Trouble with Trillions. I think it's better than Trouble with Trillions. Yeah, it's better I, than Trouble with Trillions. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about Homer alone. I really enjoy Homer alone. Like seeing Homer struggle as a single parent, that makes me laugh every time. And it's it's the exact opposite of jerk Homer. It's empathetic Homer, and I really enjoy that because it's not something we get a lot of. Then right below Homer alone, I'm okay with that. That works for me. Married for the mob, to the mob, married to the mob. <laughs> Having trouble. I'm reading a lot of words right now, and they're all getting in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 156 on our list, right below Homer Alone, right above The Trouble with Trillions. Number one is still Homer's Enemy. Last place is still When You Dish Upon a Star. It is, it's holding on for now. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts as we get into the doldrums of season 10 and 11. <laughs> uh, our next episode is Viva Ned Flanders. Uh-oh. Homer and Flanders and their Vegas wives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I don't remember. I remember white wine spritzers, spritzers, spritzers. 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 That's really all I remember from that episode, and uh, how the fact that um, um, what's the name of that movie, The Hangover, stole everything yeah. from that episode. But uh, we'll talk about that next week. Um, it can wait until next week. You can watch along with us. I think that'll do it uh, for us uh, today. You can find uh, all this stuff on our website, thesimpsonshow.com. Um, links to everything there, Facebook and Twitter, and RS, our RSS feed, our Patreon, if you want to help us out, help keep the lights on, keep us ad-free, appreciate all that. Uh, you can find me online on Twitter. I'm at Robbie Dorman. Uh, check out my other podcast, Hands Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. And the Serial Fanatics, it's about lots of nerdy, dirt, different nerdy things uh, that interest me. Matt does not participate in social media. There's a certain level of Patreon backer. You will not find him. That's true. I have decided that I am going to focus on a more long-term solution to keeping my legacy alive. So I have decided to be grown into a tree, uh, one of the big ones, you know, so I have some room inside. So just, you know, go around knocking on some trees and start asking questions and, you know, you'll get an answer. It may not be me, but it'll still probably be a pretty good answer from person and tree. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching The Simpsons. Shh.